0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, November 29th, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Everton.
1: And I'm Mike Agavina.
0: Wind down Wednesday? Wind, wind down. Is that something? Wind up. Wind up Wednesday.
2: Maybe. maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think every day is wind down Wednesday in my house. Has the
1: Christmas decorating started at your house yet?
2: Not for me. Actually. I'm sure it's already done,
1: uh, uh, but I
2: I'm not looking at it, and I didn't participate. <laughs> well, well, here, I got a funny
0: story about that in my and household. Yeah. Uh, my neighbors, so, you know, the last couple of years, we've been so busy, we, we throw out some reindeers maybe in the front yard and right. and string a light around, a, you know, one of the posts. Right. Well, my neighbors decided they were going to light it up, like, uh, Fifth Chase? Avenue in New York mm-hmm. at, at my house. And so um, – the competitive side of me is like, yeah, I need to get some lights this uh, year. I think uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna pull a Clark Griswold yeah, on. Yeah, I used to do all that. I don't <laughs> do it anymore. Yeah,
1: you know. my wife, I-, I swear, I don't think there's a Christmas decoration that we got twenty something years ago that she doesn't still have. And I don't know where she hides these things, but when it comes time to do it, it is uh, all hands on deck and You know, we were expecting a Sunday full of football and my son home from uh, college and and uh, we all got put to work all day long putting this stuff up. I might post a couple of these things just so you can some of you can chime in and help me tell my wife how ridiculous this is. It does
2: it for every holiday from, fuck? I don't know, Halloween to whatever. And just and I'm sure it's being done now, but I'm, I'm not participating.
1: Every freaking ra- there was There were decorations in the garage. Yeah, that believe me. I remember bags full. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean like decorating the garage. Oh, I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, like, who's reef, going to see a reef in everywhere. the fucking garage?
2: Reefs everywhere and little things that trip over in the middle of the night. and
0: yeah. Ever. Look, I tried to help with the tree one year, and that was about the only year I was allowed to hey, help with oh, the tree. It
2: Looked up. like Charlie Brown's tree probably when messed I was
1: done. Oh, you're not, you're not allowed to help trim the tree? No, I'm not
0: allowed to be anywhere near wow. the tree when decorating. Is yeah, hey, y'all. it's not my
2: my deal. Wow, that's, Jerry Ann with
1: a lot more leniency. She's not
2: good I, at I, it. I thought the, she, uh, and she. And then I know if y'all are like me, you don't want to walk in the Walmart uh, the day before Thanksgiving and see all the Christmas shit, anyway. So, with that, let's get into some crime time for Wednesday, because it's not even December yet, right? So, uh, we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Let's roll with it. Well, we're going to start off in the
0: great Bayou State of Louisiana, and a pretty crazy story with some teenage escapees. And look, we we record the pre-record this stuff and we don't have a whole lot of luck with people getting caught right. and, <laughs> before the episode airs but as of this recording they have they have not been caught and i'm going to tell you the story two teenagers suspected of murder have escaped a youth jail in Louisiana and this actually happened on Saturday and they are still on the run as of this recording one get this who previously escaped from the same jail two weeks ago? Right. <laughs> What's that yeah. thinking? Yeah. Two weeks ago.
2: What you tell them with the charges? Right? He
0: escaped from the same jail. No, yeah, we're not
2: talking about a a thug program. No, these are the, the these are. That's uh, right. Uh, prisoners for a reason. Yeah, these are yeah, their juveniles.
0: These seventeen-year-old juveniles, so they're barely juveniles. Both accused of first-degree murder. Thank
2: you.
1: Hmm
0: fled from the East Baton Rouge Juvenile Detention Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, I
2: believe that's LTI, is it not, Woody? Mm-hmm. Or do they have LTI they, anymore? They, um, they do, but the, um, the one I think they're talking about is like for the local, for the parish. Or oh, whatever, gotcha. Where Florida parishes covers Tangipoa, uh, St. Helena, Livingston, and, and Washed Parish and all those over here. It's like the ones before they go to trial, really. Now, the police are saying
0: that it's not clear how the boys escaped. It's yeah, probably a nice little fired. Right. One of the teens previously escaped the detention center with a different detainee on November 13th. But both were apprehended less than 24 hours later. They fled when guards were putting people back in their cells after a fight broke out in the facility. The East Baton Rouge juvenile facility has been the target of criticism because of repeated escapes and violent episodes inside that uh, facility. In 2021, five prisoners escaped after attacking a staffer, taking her keys, and locking her phone, locking her inside a cell without a radio. Some of them also attacked staffers with makeshift knives. And in February of 2022, a fight involving 18s left three of them injured. East Baton Rouge Parish then set aside $2 million for security upgrades. After the earlier escape in November, parish officials said those upgrades were still in the planning and design yes, phase. Imagine. imagine that. But really, uh, no laughing matter with respect to you've got two two guys uh, first degree accused murder. of first-degree murder on the run first right murder now. murder is
2: not regular murder. It's not like you – Shoots somebody in, 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 in a drive-by. It has to be aggravated circumstances. Which, which if they were a, over 18, 18 or over older, they'd be up for the death penalty.
0: Yeah, That's and how it's bad it is. it's it's such a large case now. I actually put it on the news you know I don't right. watch a whole lot of the right. network news but I put it on the network news and uh it was
2: one of the lead stories yeah. last night oh, and so just yeah, I amazing even, I even saw that and I' watching the news when I was scrolling through I was like holy shit, they're, they're gonna have a real problem when these kids I say kids when these 17 year old gets out and, and how murders do you escape after else. twice in two weeks uh, when well, you're because he's the place murder. yeah and I was supervisor at juvenile detention Center and I never had anybody escape but it wasn't a hug-a-bug program either. It was all rapists and robbers and murderers and stuff like that, people waiting on trial. Wow! But uh, what they could have used in the scape is a police canine dog, y'all, right? And we used the Belgian Malinois. Um, next story I'm going to tell you about is a Kansas police dog that authorities say was strangled after chasing a suspect into a storm drain Will be remembered next week in a live stream memorial service. The service of Bain, an eight year old Belgian Malinois, that's Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office used in high risk situations, is Wednesday, which so it would be today, y'all. The, the Wichita man accused of killing Bain is jailed on one, more than $1 million bond. He made his first appearance this week on a felony count, a battery against a law enforcement officer, and harming or killing certain dogs. Sedgwick County District Attorney's Office said Wichita police sp- Spokesperson Juan One Reboel said police had been looking for the man in connection with the domestic battery case. When they spotted him on November 16, he ran to a nearby Creek bed and then entered a large storm drain, Wichita police tenant Aaron Moses said Bain and a Wichita police canine were both released on extended leashes into the storm drain. And he said that uh, that's where, the suspect strangled Bane. First responders tried to resuscitate Bain for 30 to 40 minutes and Moses said the other dog wasn't injured. Bane used to work for the Wichita Police Department and his handler there died of cancer last year. You know, it's really sad, y'all, and I've had K nines die on the DD and I've actually given mouth-to-mouth to the K nine, and I just, you know, it's sad. I wish that uh, hopefully they, in Kansas, uh, I got a good doctor friend there can let me know, but uh, hopefully they have somewhere to send them, like Louisiana Pet Crematory. Bruce are with with Roy and, and uh, the two Christians. Two, the would, two Christians, right? Would take they, great so care, of take them care of them, like they did your dog, Jim. Yeah,
0: yeah. no yeah. doubt about it, and uh, and have beautiful uh, uh, urns. I guess you would uh, would call them the coffer the cases. The, uh, yeah, basically, just you know, beautiful stuff over there, and, and they know how to care for you. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think they could they could do some special things that commemorate the right. the fact that he was a, a police canine. Right. Um, but have you heard of that before, the Strang- dog yeah. being strangled? Absolutely, absolutely. Any idea how that could have
2: happened? call the dog is, is trying to tear their ass up, and they they were able to get their hands around the story. Uh, but you know, I'm sure the other dog got a piece of them, too, or whatever. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to, to choke someone to death.
1: I, dogs get choked all the time with yeah. collars. Well, and it's said in the story that they they sent them in with uh, the extended, extended leash,
2: so they don't run free. Before before they can take them off that leash and let them run free, they have to give three loud verbal commands and stuff like that. Without going into it, but they, um, I mean, he got him. You know, he's a killer, and you know. I just hope they some they can memorialize them like Louisiana Pet Crematory would. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not a commercial. I mean you know, it's for real. Uh, well, we'll
1: we'll people, uh, right? we'll reach out to uh, to Kristen and make sure that uh, they're listening this morning and heard this this story. And maybe they can reach out to uh, right. uh, to those folks. But uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, K uh, uh,
2: nine police dogs they their police officers, they get killed in the state of Louisiana all the time. So yeah. in a case like this, the, they also would need a, an autopsy on the dog to prove that he was choked to death so you can charge him. The, um, again, Louisiana Pet Crematory is one and, and Parish Forensics is another. Right? So it's the same right. company, same great people, and that's the only place in the
1: state of Louisiana where you can have an independent autopsy done. And God, we've had a bunch of Cases lately where uh, independent autopsy would have been a, a really good idea. But under that American flag in Broussard, Louisiana, you right. can find our friends, Roy, Kristen, and Kristen. And in uh, this particular they, case, we're going to see if they can give some help to Bain. You know what they always say rest, rest easy.
2: easy. Right. All right. Moving on.
1: We're going to go to Tennessee by way of Texas where a once high-flying Texas car dealer and two other men have been convicted in a murder-for-hire scheme hatched because the former Texas car dealer's mistress, her estranged boyfriend, tried to extort him over the affair. Hopefully that made sense. A federal jury found Eric Mond, age 48, of Austin, a former partner in the lucrative Mond Automotive Group, that his grandfather had founded guilty of murder for hire with death resulting after a two week trial that just wrapped up in middle Tennessee. Byron Brockway, age 48 of Austin and Adam Carey age 32 of Richlands, North Carolina were convicted of murder for hire as well as conspiracy to commit kidnapping and kidnapping with death resulting. A fourth man, Galad Peled, 49 of also of Austin previously pleaded guilty to the same charges and agreed to cooperate with the uh, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office by testifying at trial and proved to be a key witness or the key witness in the case. The four were convicted in the fatal 2020 shooting of Holly Williams, who was 33 at the time, and her estranged boyfriend, William Lanway, who was 36 at the time. This all occurred in Nashville after Lanway allegedly tried to extort Mond ...over his affair with Williams. According to prosecutors, Mond, who was married at the time, had previously had an affair with Williams. She lived in Nashville. He would sometimes travel to Nashville to visit a a relative. On February 3rd of 2020, using an alias, he emailed Williams and said he'd be in Nashville on Wednesday and Thursday night... ...and would, quote, love to see you again, according to the federal indictment. Two days later... Mond texted Williams saying, good morning, beautiful. Looking forward to later today. I'm in Nashville. I will meet you at the bar like, just like last time. This was all in a text. But on March 1st, 2020, when Mond received a series of text messages from Lanway, who had a personal romantic relationship with Williams, Lanway demanded money from Mond and threatened to expose his relationship with Williams if he did not receive it. Mond then hired Pellet to respond to the extortion attempt. Pellet in turn hired Brockway and Carey to go to Nashville to investigate Lanway and Williams. Pellet testified at trial that when Lanway's efforts to extort Mon persisted, Mon agreed to pay Brockway and Carey $100,000 each to murder Lanway and Williams. The evidence showed that Mon wired Pellet, who acted as the middleman for the scheme, $150,000 on March 12th of 2020, the day that the murders occurred. On the same day, Brockway and Kerry kidnapped Williams and Lanway from outside Williams' apartment complex in West Nashville and drove them to a nearby construction site. And that's where they were murdered. The bodies were found the next day. Over the course of the next year, Mond wired an additional $900,000 cash um, as payments for the scheme to Pellet. Um, and uh, he withdrew that cash to pay Brockway and Kerry uh, their share for their roles. Those who devalue life need to know that when you break the law, you will be brought to just special agent in charge. Douglas D. Podesta of the FBI's Memphis field office said in a statement, this conviction should send a clear message that the FBI and our law enforcement partners are dedicated to keeping our citizens safe and nothing will stop us from accomplishing that mission. Brock uh, uh, Brockway Mound and Carry face mandatory life sentences. They'll be sentenced in a separate hearing sometime in early 24. Uh, Pallard re- uh, received a reduced sentence uh, because of his cooperation, but over a million dollars. And you got caught. The world has become a smaller place and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone Saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta
0: Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life, Real Crime, and The Daily Show. And that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once in a lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the
2: most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer.
1: So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, real life, real crime, and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off.
0: Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. We're going to New York. Going to New York to talk about fake goods and the largest ever seizure
2: of counterfeit goods in United States history. You know really? What, just know, happened. Do you know what state has more severe penalties for counterfeit goods than any other state in the Union? I'm mean, mm-hmm. gonna guess Louisiana. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Like 50, I wouldn't have guessed that more. Yep. Well just remind me of another storytelling real life, real crime original.
0: Officials have recently seized over $200,000 of knockoff designer items and have charged, uh, boom. Officials recently seized over 200,000 knockoff designer items and have charged two individuals on suspicion of trafficking these goods. From January until October 20th, Adam So and Troy Banks operated a large-scale counterfeit goods trafficking operation out of a storage facility in New York. Uh, specifically, the items were smuggled through an off-site location in Manhattan. In total, the Attorney General's office uh, said officials seized around 219,000 counterfeit bags, clothes, Shoes and other luxury items with manufacturers' uh, suggested retail price of approximately one point oh three billion with a B. Authorities reportedly recovered over eighty three thousand counterfeit items with an MSRP of over five hundred two million in facilities controlled by Sal, and over fifty thousand counterfeit items uh, with an MSRP of over two hundred thirty seven million on premises operated by banks. The attorney, attorney's office unsealed indictments charging Sal and banks with trafficking the counterfeit goods, and they were arrested last Wednesday. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams said it was the largest ever seizure of counterfeit goods in U.S. history. And the NYPD Commissioner Edward Caban added the trafficking of counterfeit goods is anything but a victimless." Crime because it harms legitimate businesses, governments, and consumers. And that's absolutely correct. If convicted, Sal and Banks face a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. Surprise me that it was only that much. That's the max. The attorney's office noted that the street value of the knockoff designer items are often lower than the MSRP. So uh, considerably,
1: I was going to say.
0: Yeah. But, you know. Yes, it is, but a lot of times they don't sell them like they're fakes. Right. They'll tell you that's a real Louis Vuitton bag, yeah, and you buy of, it, and it's super tell. close. Yeah. And unless you're someone that's you the know an expert on is. Louis, but the 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 Vuitton it is
1: the more it costs. Yeah, but you know, you know that when they're on right. every street corner with Rolexes that weigh right. about a half an ounce, and and everything yeah. else, you know. But you know, I also saw that uh, last year in total. New York uh, businesses had over $4 billion worth of merchandise stolen in these smash and grab things. So you think about the counterfeiting business there, $4 billion worth stolen from these retailers, and it's no wonder they're all closing their stores. Law, supply, and demand. Well, and it,
0: it's also interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of pawn shops and- this area that I know of cuz I know some people that own some you'd be surprised how many times people bring in fake so try to especially purses right and you know designer shoes right things like that that uh that they're trying to pawn and those those pawn pawn owners know their stuff right I and mean, then
2: they know what to look for right and uh, um, I don't think I want to bring a purse home from the pawn shop from my wife for a present. Yeah, not unless you know the
0: guy that owns
2: it. <laughs> right, right. I, I
0: have bought – I actually bought a, uh, I think it was a Louis Vuitton purse for my wife. But I, I know he the guy personally movie. that owns the pawn shop, and it was – they buy
2: brand-new goods and, and resell them as well. So it wasn't a pawned version. You take it to a story that is, you know, it's just disturbing and it's unfortunate. This it happens, but it's real. Um, hundreds of migrants – have been sexually assaulted while trekking through a place of y'all. They call it the Darien Gap, and that's the Panama jungle. And, of course, they're on their way to the United States, southern border, uh, and including a number of children have been abused in so-called rape tents. Doctors Without Borders, a nonprofit, said in a new report that its members had treated nearly 400 victims of sexual assault in the Darien Gap thus far in 2023. Much of the danger springs from groups of armed bandits who roam the wilderness, kidnapping, robbing, and raping those who are attempting to pass through. They beat me on my legs with a bat because those of us who had no money were beaten, a Venezuelan victim said. Those who said they didn't have any money, but when they searched, were found to have some, were, were hurt even more. I saw many people raped. I saw them left naked and beaten. One, two, or three, them grab you, and they rape you, and the next one comes in and rapes you again. And if you scream, they beat you. The Darien Gap has long been considered the most treacherous part of the extremely dangerous journey from South America to the U.S. border. Uh, Drug runners use the same trails to traffic narcotics and the armed groups patrol the boundaries of the lawless jungle. And Doctors Without Borders has asked regional governments to boost the law enforcement presence to deter the sexual violence against these migrants, or migrants, however you want to say it. In October alone, the group helped 107 victims of sexual abuse, including 59 in one week. The board report said, "Sexual violence has consequences for people's physical and psychological health, such as sexually transmitted infections It can affect women's fertility if not treated in time." That's what their group's medical coordinator said. And y'all can naturally expose them to HIV infection, it can cause physical trauma on women pregnancies, depression, anxiety, etc. The men who try to help the victimized women are often punished accordingly. Some young men were also beaten and thrown onto the ground for trying to defend the women, said one Venezuelan woman. They killed a boy in front of us with a shot to the forehead. They say it's their land that you have to respect it, and whoever passes through it must pay, she continued. "And If you pay or don't pay, they do it anyway. They'll abuse whoever they want. They have even raped men. The rape tents are set up for that purpose, the group said. Some victims are children, and the organization said it recently helped three rape victims who were just eleven, twelve, and sixteen years old. And oftentimes these crimes go unreported because victims don't want anything to slow their journey north, and fear the authority. They fear the authorities in the countries they're crossing. So it's just a you know people taking advantage of it in the Darien Gap, raping and murdering, and no law. So,
1: right. and we. See so much of this just from the Mexican border crossing the Rio Grande or however they're getting into the US, but the majority of the time we have no idea what's been endured right. prior to that. And with people coming from Guatemala, uh, Colombia, some right. parts of, uh, of South America. I mean, these journeys and what they go through, okay. you, you know, conditions where they're from have to be pretty damn bad for them to, so for them to endure. endure that. Right. And then keep going. So Where is that geographically? The Darien Gap it's is in Panama. It's Panama. Okay. Well, let's go to Palm Beach County, Florida for kind of a strange one. Palm Beach County is making commercial worm composting illegal. I saw this crazy. Saying it owns the rights to residents trash. Mel Carici originally founded her worm farm and community composting business, which is called Let It Rot, in partnership with the Palm Beach County Food Bank back in 2015. The concept was simple, to reduce food waste. Carici would feed the food bank's expired donations to her worms. So, if uh, food collected by the food bank was about to expire or just expired, she would get it from them and, uh, and she would feed it to the worms. The worm droplings, which are known as castings, by the way, would create fertile soil which could be utilized as an eco friendly fertilizer. This is known as vermicomposting. Eventually, Karichi started serving local residents who could opt into her program. Karichi would pick up the waste at her customers' properties. That all recently has come to a halt because she received a phone call from the county's Solid Waste Authority telling her that what she was doing was illegal. She was subsequently forced to close down operations. She explained to the Palm Beach Daily News, quote, whether or not it's on the curb or in your house, if it's trash, it's the property of the Solid Waste Authority. The county told Carici that it burns the county's organic waste to generate electricity used to power 88,000 local homes. Apparently, my little composting operation could affect the county's ability to do that, Curici said. I don't really have a business anymore. Why are these vermicomposting regulations concerning? Palm Beach County incinerates its collective waste. This type of waste management causes air pollution and releases toxic gases. Meanwhile, one of the safest methods for managing organic waste is vermicomposting. The result, highly fertile worm poop offers an alternative to conventional fertilizers and pesticides, which can contaminate water and soil. The impact of fertilizers is often long-term and cumulative exposure to fertilizers can cause any number of health risks in adults and kids. What can I do to help, uh, uh, with these vermicomposting regulations, Karichi launched a change.org petition, which you can sign to ask the county to reconsider its policy. You can also practice vermicomposting in your backyard if you live in Palm Beach County. The Colonel West Waste Management Institute also has some tips to get you started. Hopefully, uh is going to get some support with her change.org petition. This seems rather... Silly Palm Beach.
2: It's absolutely crazy.
0: It really is. And, you know, composting is a common thing around here.
2: I do it for uh, my garden. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of the best, you know, uh, uh, fertilizer you can have. And in some cases, I know a lot of people do composting composting at the bigger camps and stuff like that. So crazy story. It sounds like that county got, too much time on their hands
1: and not uh, enough crime. Yeah, <laughs> not like to Pinellas I mean, should uh, annex. Well, they're not exactly next to That's your only other, problem? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Maybe Grady Judd can get over there and help yeah. them out with something.
0: Well, we're going to go to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and give you a little more serious uh, story here. Uh, Dad has shot his son dead on Thanksgiving night after a car alarm made him think his car was being stolen. A guy's name is Will McDonald. He's 47. He was taken into custody on the evening of Thanksgiving Day by Omaha police after they arrived to a home on a shooting call around 1130 p.m. Cops found McDonald's son, Kendrick, who was 10 with a gunshot wound and rushed him to a nearby hospital. Omaha police captain Jeremy Christensen later confirmed the boy died from the injuries Tragic is one word. It's extremely tragic, Christensen said. McDonald was, was arrested on charges of criminal homicide, use of a weapon, and possession of a firearm by a prohibited person. He was taken into custody and booked for those charges. And uh, detectives noted the investigation remains ongoing as to exactly what happened that caused the family to lose two, two members in one evening. Christensen explained that as of now, cops believe McDonald may have suspected a thief was attempting to steal his car. As the alarm was going off when officers arrived at the scene, it was then instead Kendrick leading his father to accidentally fire at him. We don't really know exactly what transpired at this point. Uh, Christensen said it appears that at the scene there was a car alarm going off. The captain noted that the father was jailed for killing his son on a holiday, and that is heartbreaking. Anytime anyone is killed, this is extremely tragic. The investigation into what happens remains ongoing. So right. I'm a, I'm going to tell you a quick, uh, little story in a in a kind of a side note, but how easy this stuff can happen. I set my alarm one night at my house and uh, went to sleep, but I forgot to turn off the motion detector. So about uh, three o'clock in the morning, my alarm, or no, it wasn't that late, it's probably about midnight, my alarm goes off in my house. Uh, only one reason alarm's going off in my mind, and that's my door's been opened, kicked in. Uh, grab my gun, go down the hallway, and there's a figure in my kitchen Now, I had the wherewithal and the sense to focus in on that figure. It was my son. Okay, so I forgot to turn the motion detector off. He got up to get a drink of water in the middle of the night and set the alarm off. But uh, it can happen real easy if you're not real careful.
2: You just never point anything you don't intend to kill. That's right.
1: And this was a ten or eleven year old son. His ten year old son who, what must have been trying to get in the car to get something out of the car at eleven thirty at night.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I, 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 I don't know.
1: I Just don't know how the guy doesn't see. Uh, I don't know.
0: Well, I, well, I don't, and, and I'm not throwing blame on the on the father. Obviously, um, I mean, from all, it appears to be just a horrific accident. Yeah. Well. Um, Still, and if that's
2: the case, he's got to live with it forever. Yeah. But, but I'm he's sure he feels horrible. He still pulled the trigger. I mean, that's crazy. That's right. Right. Well, I know we have a bunch of Canucks that love us. And I'm going to go to Canada and where the town is on edge after three friends have mysteriously vanished. Yeah. But, but the police say the cases aren't linked. Lawrence Bertram, 43, Robbie Thompson, 34, and Steve Tate, 34, have disappeared in the past 14 months from Smith Falls, Ontario, and residents are uneasy because no arrests have been made. One says, I lived in this town since I was five, for 42 years. This is the first time I'm not comfortable. I will not leave my house now, they told the news. Um Police haven't said anything, said another resident, but which rumors do you believe? Rumors aren't facts. Well, all three men are known drug users, and most of the rumors are centered on their common interests in drugs. And, of course, cops remain tight-lipped about the investigation, right? And the uh, investigators realize that Smith-Ball's area is not huge, and connections between people are possible due to proximity. While we cannot speculate on any potential direct connection that could exist, these individuals have some common interests and may have shared mutual connections. Bertram was last seen on September 30th last year, and he's gone missing now for more than 14 months. In October, the Ontario uh, police said in a press release that investigators have received an abundance of secondhand information regarding Bertram's disappearance, but they believe, they believe someone has key information about his activities on the night he disappeared or in the days before. Linda Young, Bertrand's mother, delivered a sim- similar message in a video appeal released by uh, a police. It says, I know that people are hearing things and have information she said, help bring my family some closure. So Thompson, y'all, disappeared on October 12th. And 18th, His friends describe him as a gentle giant, according to the news. Investigators are asking anyone for potential relevant information like doorbell cameras or anything else uh, to contact them. The mystery surrounding the two unexplained missing cases deepened when Steve Tate, believed to be a friend of Bertram and Thompson, went missing on November 4th. His body was later found along a rural stretch of highway around four miles from where he was last seen alive in Smith Falls. Police raided Tate's house last week as part uh, of a drug investigation to sc- discover crystal meth, crack cocaine, and other, le- other illegal drugs, along with firearms and an axe. And multiple people have been charged with possession and attempted to distribute, but it's unclear that the drug v- investigation was related to Tate's death. The missing cases of Bertrand Thompson are still open, and no arrests have been made as of Thursday evening. And authorities say foul play cannot be ruled out in all the cases. So... The, um, yeah, cannot be ruled out. <laughs> right. I mean, a small town like that and three of them disappear all in the same lifestyle. I mean
0: Yeah, initially you'd think that, you know, they all kinda of ran away
2: together, but they, yeah, and they're like a year. And a half with that longer. lifestyle, yeah. yeah. But they were all
1: pretty much the same age. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, but, and, and a, a town that around. size, you're not gonna have a bunch of people dealing those kind of drugs in yeah. town that size, know, right? I mean, so,
2: it, and then 30 years ago you did. It, and nowadays,
1: like fentanyl and shit is everywhere. Everybody's dying from it. So I don't know. Although it's weird that the other two go missing and this one gets left on the side of the highway. Right. I don't know. There's a, I don't know. a signal sent by that, but whoa. We'll, well, we're going to go to Thailand and this is a, uh, This is a bizarre and frightening story about a wedding massacre in Thailand where five people were killed after a drunk Paralympic athlete who was the groom shot his newlywed bride, he shot his mother-in-law, and he shot guests, and then he shot himself. The shooting rampage took place around 11.25 p.m. on Saturday at a house in the Wang Nam Keo district in northeast Thailand, where a wedding party was being held for Shatarung Suck age 29, and Kanchana Pachamtook, age 44. During the celebrations, guests and relatives noticed that Chatterung, a former soldier, looked angry after an argument with his bride about insecurities over his disability. He then stormed out of the venue to his car and returned with a 9mm pistol, opening fire, killing the bride, killing her 62-year-old mother, uh, whose name is King Thong Klajorho, and her 38-year-old sister, Cornica Manator. Stray bullets hit two other guests, killing one of them, Song age 50, and seriously injuring Bamrung Shatarat, age 28. Shatarung, a Paralympic athlete who won silver at swimming in the Asian Paragames in Indonesia last year, then put the gun in his mouth and shot himself. The bodies were left strewn across the dance floor when emergency crews arrived. Police said 11 bullets were recovered from the scene while video showed a number of body bags lined up on the grass and pools of blood at the venue. While an exact motive is yet to be determined, witnesses told local media that the argument was sparked by Shatterung's insecurity over his disability. The guests allegedly said Shatterung, who was quite intoxicated at the time, got angry because he feared his new wife might leave him for other men. A neighbor, age 70, said, I heard the loud shots and thought they were just setting off firecrackers for the party. It was only in the morning that I learned what happened. I'm devastated. I've known the couple for a long time, and I was like a mother to them. Shatterong is said to have purchased the gun and ammunition legally last year. So he's the biggest day of his life. He's been with this woman for years. They plan this out. He's a a war vet who... uh, uh, who, you know, suffered serious injury in the, I mean, they've been together that long. And on the night of his wedding, they get into this argument and he goes in and kills everybody. I mean, it's he's just freaking crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's bizarre, bizarre. And here's, uh, it's a picture of, uh, of his bride. He, um, he lost his right leg after he was run over by a train on duty in the war. So that was the uh, that was the major injury. But they would lived together for three years before deciding to get married. And then the day of their wedding in Thailand. Killed
0: them all. I'm gonna tell you what we're going all over the world today: hey, Panama, Thailand, Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the next? US. Where are you gonna go? Well, I'm bringing it right back to the U.S., baby. Dallas County? No. <sighs> Hawaii, a little Hawaii, as as they call. I I I don't have a Hawaii Hawaii, accent. I wish I did. But I don't. Do they have accents in Hawaii?
1: Mm, McGarrett doesn't. Yeah, McGarrett's actually
0: Australian, pretending to be American. Well, there you go. Well, y'all have heard of uh, overshooting runways with planes, and uh, I guess we better do our our sound before we do it it though. So we're going to, and I'm not even going to cut that out. We have right. to do our sound. You can
2: now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin.
0: It is a mile high crime. And we are talking about overshooting runways. And this just doesn't happen when you're an inexperienced pilot. I mean, the U.S. Navy probably has some of the best pilots yeah. in the world, if not I the best.
2: Sometimes they still must have flight that, right? But
0: They got a problem. They got a problem. The U.S. Navy uh, officials have said Monday they're going to discuss how they plan to remove a large aircraft from an environmentally sensitive Hawaii Bay after it overshot a runway last week. The Navy placed two uh, temporary floating barriers around the P-8 aircraft at its resting spot in shallow waters of Kanoe Bay. And y'all will post the picture. It's pretty pretty amazing to see this giant naval plane in the middle of a bay uh, to prevent any potential fuel spill or other contaminants from polluting the ocean.
2: Stop people from getting there and get that top-secret information. That's right.
0: That, that as well. Uh, Navy <laughs> officials have scheduled a news conference to provide an update. Now, on Thursday, sailors retrieved the data recorder and conducted a hydrographic survey to assess the structural integrity of the plane something they were concerned with with it obviously being in water and planes aren't designed to be in water
2: designed to impact
0: on water Uh, correct the navy has not said whether the plane is sitting on sand or coral in the water Uh, but the issue comes down to the environmental problems that they're running into they're going to conduct a damage assessment of the plane of course but Kanoe Bay is home to coral reefs, an ancient Hawaiian fish pond, and a breeding ground for hammerhead sharks.
1: Yeah. That's well, right. You gotta have it. You gotta protect the sharks.
0: Gotta protect the sharks. In addition to floating barriers, the Navy has placed material around the plane to help it absorb potential pollutants and provide early warning of petroleum spills. The Navy also has kept a skimmer on standby so it can remove uh, pollutants quickly. Uh, y'all, that's Basically, like, think of a pool skimmer, but for gasoline and and things of that nature. There were no injuries to the nine people who were on board when the plane landed in the water. And this occurred on November 20th. Marine Corps Base Hawaii at Kanoe Bay is about 10 miles from Honolulu. And you went to Hawaii. Where did you go? Maui. Maui. Is that by Honolulu? Uh,
2: No, it's on the same island. I know this because swim... Got a vehicle stuck on the side of the mountain with his oh. big signs that says, do not drive down here. But swim, I had to push it. The <laughs> and then he called for a tow truck. Of course he, he did. Called for a tow truck, and I got one. It was just in Honolulu. She <laughs> said, baby, you're on the wrong island. <laughs> Oops.
1: That's a volcano, not a mountain, right. by the way. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> the Navy used a P 8 yeah. P- yeah. a P-8A airplanes manufactured by Boeing to search for uh, submarines to conduct surveillance and reconnaissance. Consonants, and that is the the plane that is uh, in the bay currently. The plane is a military version of a seven thirty seven jet. Basically, the plane is assigned to Patrol Squadron Four, stationed at the island. And patrol squadrons were once based at Kanoe Bay, but now deployed to Hawaii on a rotating basis.
2: That's
0: crazy. So yeah. yeah, they got a mess
2: they got teams that are designed just for that, plane crashers or ship crashes, where they can soak up contaminants. But more importantly, they're protecting that information that's on the planes. So they and they've got teams that do nothing. What's your job in the military? Recover busted up shit. Yeah. Planes or ships.
1: Imagine what they had to do uh, in Pearl Harbor. Because oh, yeah, no,
2: Most of it is I mean,
1: still on the bottom. Well, you yeah, have the memorial yeah, sure. there that sits above, and you can you can see the USS Arizona, uh, yep. the Arizona, right. um, and the oil still comes to the top to this day. But you've got uh, you've got some uh, Japanese planes that were hit that oh, went yeah. down. A lot of zeros, uh, uh, tons. Uh, you've of them. got uh, other uh,
2: ships that went down; they never picked up. It's just a, a mess. Hey, shout out to all the people in Maui who are still recovering from that this horrible fire. It's crazy, all I was there in those places that all burn up. We we are right. no stranger to natural disasters. Well, that is our mile, mile high
0: crime mile for today. To oh, and incidentally, before we we do the outro on that, you know, back in World War II, one of the most common things was overshooting the runways on aircraft yeah. carriers. Yeah. Happened all Probably the time. Still yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to miss the aircraft carrier right. going right in the you water. Can now
2: take off that belt. Jump back up. And move freely around the cabin. A hump, a hump day. kinky crime. And guess what, y'all? Yes. We're going right back to the Navy again. Love bomb. it. Really? So A, Navy a li- double deuce of right? the Navy. And one of our other places, I'm still waiting on Aggo to give me his login for. A Navy lieutenant has been caught shooting, shooting X-rated videos with her leading seaman boyfriend at a top <laughs> secret, right? No, no pun intended. Seaman boyfriend at a top-secret nuclear submarine base. Oh, there you go. Furious bosses have launched an investigation over the porn-to-order videos which Lieutenant Jenkins sells on OnlyFans. She regularly posts explicit footage with her lover, Seaman Liam Dodgington, also based on the nuclear sub. There are even fears that the couple could be blackmailed by foreign agents. Mm. Um Officer, uh, well, Lieutenant Jenkins has commanded a team of sailors on the sub and is responsible for the $1 billion vessel's high-tech outer casing of sound damping tiles. And she's also responsible for time Hawk cruise missiles and embarking special forces at sea and covert inserta- insertions. A Navy source said the commanders can't believe it. There could be all kinds of security risks involved. Lieutenant, mm. Lieutenant Jenkins' thoughts have been cleared uh, through a rigorous vetting process to get her role, including a gorilla in her sex life. However, (laughs) she is known secretly as the kinky Callie Taylor. Wait, what is that with a K or a C? C C-A-L-L-Y. As a kinky Callie Taylor, inviting people to pay her to act out their sexual fantasies. In her profile on OnlyFans, she writes, I'm 29 and working that nine-to-five life. I love to be naughty and stay colorful. My naughty side can sometimes get me into trouble. But that feeling (laughs) of excitement we can get from doing this just makes me so hot and bothered. Oh, my. She confessed to the top brass when when she was confronted last week. However— she continued to post more content over the weekend. You know what? just get paid. That's right. And Navy source said this individual has been open and honest with her bosses. Our issue with security is do you keep anything from us? Because then you can be open to blackmail and an investigation on the way. And they said it would be inappropriate to comment further. And we have a couple of pictures. I'm not sure if we're going to post these or not.
0: Um, yeah, we'll post and, them on there. Why not?
2: Interesting. Miss Callie, you bad girl. You. Callie Taylor. With her semen boyfriend.
0: Very bad. <laughs> yeah, with her semen. Look, and and all joking aside, that is a serious security issue. She's in charge of
2: putting the seals out in the middle of the night. Atomic muscles and nuclear technology. Nuclear submarine, too, man. Think you can be blackmailed? I mean, you know, I'm sure she's making a shit ton of money and didn't care. Yeah.
1: Callie, bad girl. Shame on you. Makes me feel safer, though. Right? <laughs> knowing she's in control of your tomahawk missile. Yeah. <laughs> sleep better at night knowing she's out there. She's in
0: control of probably a lot of people's tomahawk no. missiles. Yikes. <laughs> Crazy. I oh. uh,
1: love the banjos. Neatness always matters. And. Angel Bolton, age 38, has some really neat handwriting. But no matter how neatly Bolton wrote a handwritten cardboard license plate, it was just not going to get it done. (laughs) Police in California nabbed alleged car thief Angel Bolton after spotting what they described as, quote, a beautifully handwritten attempt to pass an obviously fake license plate off as real. (laughs) Bolton, 38, was taken into custody by the Benicia Police Department. I don't even know where Benicia is. Uh, Wisconsin. No, it's it's, it's Cali. It's Cali. Unless he fucked up that part of the cardboard plate. Um, uh, He was taken into custody by Benicia Police Department in the early morning hours of Friday. Officer Perez said, quote, we know we are not superheroes, but just as an FYI, this is not a way to get one over on us. At about 1 a.m. today, one of our officers was patrolling the area of the 5,000 block of East 2nd Street when he saw this beautifully handwritten license plate on a car. I'm showing that. To oh, and we're going to
0: post that on my Facebook. A but, quick hey. check
1: of the vehicle showed that it was reported stolen out of Alameda, California. An accompanying picture shows a white piece of paper somewhat clumsily taped to the back of a car where a license plate would normally go. A series of block letters and numbers written in blue marker did slightly resemble a legal license plate, although the result was decidedly more DIY than DMV. Um, Bolton gets a serenade with banjo. She That's really those, does. And high, before we
2: take it down with electrical duct tape,
0: <laughs> before we banjo or uh uh, I'll tell you this: it actually ain't that bad a job for handwritten.
2: Yeah, if you catch him passing. <laughs> I mean, play. it's
0: obviously
1: fake, you but it, cop, well, it was a good try. But they're different sizes and it's. You slopes. get a cop in yeah.
2: the vehicles all day long, <laughs> and then, I mean, I could. T- Thirty years later, I can tell you it's bullshit in this life. She, oh, she um, is a belongs dumb, on dumb, truck, dumb belongs on car. And sometimes they would swap those up, steal one and put it on the other. And I never know there was a difference. And tell you what letters, start with rental cars and. Yeah, that would, yeah, I didn't that, know that was a. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that would not have passed the smell test.
0: Well, do you? You know, used to be before computers
2: and all that kind of stuff, you could just put license applied for on your car. Uh, and they and, had dealer tags, that, uh, yeah, for those also, and those are bullshit. I, I was definitely searching in for drugs. For <laughs>
0: you probably got some stories from yeah, well, from some fake yeah, plates. Me,
2: yes, the second RRC original y'all reminded me of today. The first one being the counterfeit goods. Yeah, yeah. Well. Any final thoughts? Um, love y'all. Thank you for liking and sharing and all that good podcast or shit. If you get a chance, go leave us a review. Um, we do truly appreciate each and every one of you.
1: Thanks everyone. Also want to just say thank you to our friends at parish forensics yes, uh, that yes. have uh, been great supporters all year long. We appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Everton, And I'm Mike Agavino. For
0: real life, real crime daily. Peace. Aglets.